Hello, everyone, and welcome in to another episode of Talking Schmidt, the show where we would love for Pat McAfee to randomly show up and be a part of our show like he was and uh, has become now on Monday Night Raw. So, Pat McAfee, if you're listening to this, you're always welcomed here on Talking Schmidt. Yes, that'd be dope. I'm glad you glad you appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate that. I DM'd him one time to invite him to a buddy's wedding. It's like a maybe this would happen. He never responded, so I'm I'm waiting on that response. Okay, well maybe he'll show up to the wedding. No, nah, this was years ago. He didn't show up. Well, you know, maybe this guy will get married <laughs> again. We don't know. I mean, maybe he'll just randomly show up. Possible, possible. Well, regardless, he's always welcome here on Talking Schmidt, as we've mentioned. Um, guys, uh, we uh, had a you know some pretty good stuff going on. We got a really good weekend of uh, football and wrestling, and that's obviously what we'll talk about today. Is we'll recap both the things that we saw and talk a little bit more in depth on uh, kind of the NFL and uh, what we saw this weekend with the Royal Rumble. So to start off with the course, let's talk a little bit about the um, let's talk a little bit about the AFC Championship game that was first. Cody predicted this correctly. He said he thought Kansas City would win, and again, I think he was thinking that uh, maybe the Niners didn't match up as well <laughs> against the Ravens than they would the Chiefs. However, the Chiefs come out with a 17-10 victory. Cody, I'll let you kind of start on this one. Um, for you at least, uh, seeing what Kansas City did against Baltimore, um, what's kind of your ideas moving forward with this Kansas City team? Well, I would like to, uh, you know, not pat my back too hard here, but um, both Baltimore was a good team. Kansas City is, is a great team, and I, I honestly, the quarterback comparisons, I'll say the same. You know, Lamar Jackson is a tremendous, phenomenal. He does things that I don't know very many people in, in the league. You know, you're talking about the prime, the best, some of the best athletes in the world can do. But Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, and as long as he's lined up on the other side, I mean, I'll admit I'm a little worried about this Super Bowl. I've seen this Super Bowl already. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes, is a, is a, he's a phenom. I mean, he, I think a lot of the talk about, is he the GOAT? Is he better than Brady? I think a lot of that stuff is premature. But at the end of the day, I mean, I, I could, you know, see 10, 15 years from now that we do kind of look at Patrick Mahomes the same way that we do at Tom Brady or Joe Montana or Peyton Manning. So, but I think the biggest part of it was that, that Chiefs defense showed up. And they do. I mean, they they don't receive the respect. They don't receive the nearly the attention that they probably should. But this is something that they do year out. They make it. They they play when it matters the most. When the game stands tall, Chris Jones is out there knocking people around. Um, they did exactly what they I thought they could do, and they needed to do. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think we talked about that going into it was just kind of the fact of uh, we saw the Chiefs defense really picking things up. I mean, even the last game of the season when it wasn't going to be Mahomes and Kelsey, they weren't starting, they weren't playing. And then you look out there, that defense really set the tone that last week of the season and then into the playoffs, the defense has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, only giving up 10 points against a guy who, you know, a lot of people are saying should be the MVP this season. So, um, yeah, Kansas City coming out pretty uh, pretty explosive and winning that was uh, a big um, kind of big boost uh, more than anything for uh, Chiefs and Chiefs fans um, uh, alike. Guffy, you got anything to add on Chiefs-Ravens? Uh, no, I'm ready for the Chiefs to be over, to be honest. Uh <laughs> I, I have nothing positive to say, so I'm not going to say anything at all. Well, you know, and and you know, I think to what you're saying there, Guffy. I think it's kind of funny to me because I remember when I moved uh, to Missouri, and obviously there's a lot of Chiefs fans, and they hadn't become the Chiefs yet, right? Like that first year I was there was the first year they made it to that wild card game. They lost to Marcus Mariota and the Titans. Um, uh, and in that wild card game, but you could tell something special was brewing, even. Um, 
even coming coming into that next year, and then that next year they had some really really good success. And you know, I, I think they that was the year they beat the Patriots that year in the season opener, and then ended up losing to them in the AFC Championship. So like. I think the funny thing for me was, you know, one of the big things I remember was when the Chiefs beat the Patriots in that season one opener, man, Chiefs fans were just like, yeah, that's what that's what the Patriots get. We hate the Patriots, blah, blah, blah. The Chiefs have become the Patriots, 100%. The Chiefs have become the Patriots. So it's kind of funny to me, and, and, and to this fan base who has struggled for so long and you know, would admit, like, you know, for years, I mean, this was just, we didn't think we'd ever have this. And now they have what the Patriots had. And I think a lot of times the Chiefs fans are like, well, why is everybody hating on us? Well, you were part of the people that were hating on the Patriots when they had their success with Tom Brady. You have your Tom Brady. His name is Patrick Mahomes. You know, you have your Gronk. That's Travis Kelsey. I mean, you have everything. You have your your Bill Belichick, a guy like Andy Reid. You have those guys, and you have become the thing you hated most, but with that, you also have great success. So honestly, you know, I think uh, I think Chiefs fans, as much as they probably still hate the Patriots, even though they're doing way better as a franchise right now, they're, you know, still deep down, they have become the Patriots. And whether they like to hear that or not, it, it's 100% truth. Oh, 1,000%. I mean, you can't beat them, be them, right? Yeah. I just I think if we don't get a Taylor Swift Tech Nine collaboration out of all this, then I'll be disappointed. What was this all for? If Taylor Swift and Tech Nine doesn't drop something, um, if Ben Shapiro can drop a rap, so can Taylor Swift with Tech Nine. Which I think Taylor Swift has a rap from her earlier days. Callie would probably be the best person to talk about on this. I think she does. She rapped in a song with somebody back early on in her career. Um, but with Tech Nine, it would be absolutely phenomenal for her to do that. Um, but uh, before we get into the Taylor Travis chat that we'll have uh, eventually in here, let's talk San Francisco with the epic comeback, seventeen point deficit at Ooh. halftime. The Forty ers they end up telling Detroit that it's midnight back in Detroit. Go home. Cinderella's uh, glass slipper fell off, and it doesn't fit the the uh, ugly stepsister that is Detroit. And that's what we learned on um, Sunday evening. Hats off, though. I mean, like I, a, you sound like a hater. I'm not. I was just about to. I was about to give them their flowers. If you would give me a second. You sound like a hater. Hats off to the Detroit Lions on their most successful season ever. All right, uh, since 1953. Congratulations! It's the most successful season they've ever had. Um, it's a just a crazy to think that this team you know this is the first team in the NFL to never win a game in a season uh, as a franchise I mean this is one of those things where um, yeah you have to you, as much as I did hate on them and I will hate on them um, because most people will say that you know well you're just a, a, a mad Packers fan but like you have to remember as a in-division rival when we have success and we lose in a big game which Green Bay has multiple times Lions fans will always chime in and let you know that you lost to the Seahawks or the Falcons or whoever it is. Like, yeah, it happens. Vikings fans do the same. Bears fans do the same, right? Like, Bears fans live for us to lose in the playoffs. I get it. Okay, I understand it. But credit to the Detroit Lions. This was an absolutely epic season for them. Um, I'm sure crime rates were down in the city of Detroit during those games. I'm sure everybody was glued to the TV. Uh, I think it probably did unify a lot of people. Um, I think it brought families closer together there in Detroit because, I mean, every year you're thinking like, oh, we're just the lovable losers again. And now you have a franchise that is very scary moving forward for everybody, not only in the NFC North, but in the entire NFC. And I would I would say the league as well. You're put on notice that, you know, this Lions team is not going away. So hats off to the Detroit Lions and the success that they had. I'm just glad it came to an end. It's so sad. Do I need to do breathing exercises? Is that what you want me to do here? No, I'm just saying, I mean, it just seems like you're a hater. That's all I'm saying. Like, no, I'm not. It. I mean, there's nothing more than that. It yeah. just sounds like you're upset that the Lions made it a little bit further in the back. That's all I'm saying. No, absolutely not. We beat them on Thanksgiving. That's the game to beat no. the Lions on in Detroit. I'm, I'm good. 
I would assume being the Lions to keep them out of the playoffs would be the game to win. We didn't and get yet, that. We didn't get that win. opportunity though. No, there's a song uh, by a guy named Eminem. He said, "Sometimes you just have to seize the opportunity when it's there." Yeah, and we did on Thanksgiving in Detroit. Okay. With him okay. in attendance, I bet. You're welcome. Add Eminem on every social media platform. Just know that I'm on your side for this diss track. If he's going to drop a diss track about me, this this uh this podcast we made it. Yeah, <laughs> this podcast makes it to the moon and back, baby. <laughs> so please, absolutely, yeah, you could totally do that. That's totally fine. Um. I just, you know, I'm sure Eminem heard my first diss on the Lions and was just like, I'm not ever listening to this guy again. It's probably what happened. He probably has no idea we exist, if we're being honest. No, I don't know about all that now. But, uh, Cody, your guys won. You got to watch it. I didn't get a chance to watch it. You were uh, giving me uh, updates along the way. Um, first half, a little scary there. Second half, the true San Francisco emerged. It was... Uh... It was an emotional roller coaster, if I can be completely honest. In my lifetime, there are two animals that are near and dear to my heart now. The first was a little squirrel that ran in the infield between the Cardinals and the Phillies, forever became known as the Rally Squirrel. My Cardinals team went on to beat the Texas Rangers in the 2011 World Series. Now there's a ladybug, a ladybug that landed. I'm Brandon Iok's foot. Let him know that everything's going to be all right. That luck was on his side. And that beautiful pass that probably, let's be honest, should have been an interception, ended up being a play that really turned the tide. But I think gave Brock Purdy the confidence to go out there, just ball out and have fun. You're going to be clutch. All year long, guy's been given so much crap about how he can't play from behind. He can't be clutch. You know, he's only where he's at because of the pieces around him, which I think that's every quarterback. <laughs> every quarterback in the league is only as good as the other 10 guys on the field with them and the 11 guys that line up on defense. So I think that, you know, that he has proved. He kind of got that, you know, off the shoulder, scrambled around a little bit in the second half, showed that sort of movement that he had at Iowa State. They, you, know, you watch his game film, you know he can do that. He just really hasn't had to. It's still now. I'm glad he's doing that because we'll have to do that a little bit, you know, in the Super Bowl as well against the Chiefs. So I was, it was really a tale of two halves. And, you know, know, Willard, who is the uh, Bay Area um, affiliate to Fox, something that he'd mentioned on a a show I listened to was probably the greatest NFC championship game the 49ers played in was the, the game that was the catch. With uh, against the Dallas Cowboys, the first NFC Championship win. They had six turnovers in the game. But all you remember is Montana hitting Dwight Clark in the back of the end zone. So it may have been ugly, and certainly the last two playoff games weren't exactly pretty, but you'll remember the highlights. You'll remember that IU catch. You'll remember Christian McCaffrey really coming alive in that second half and just thrashing that Lions defense, which is a really good defense. I still think they're a little dirty at times, a really good defense. They're a really tough team and a hard team. And, you know, I think, like you had mentioned, Detroit Detroit will probably be here for a while. I mean, Dan Campbell, he seemed a little bit down. He thought that might be their only their only opportunity, only moment. But I don't know. I really – it looks like it could be them and the Packers in the foreseeable future. Uh, they're certainly moving ahead of, the, I would say, the Vikings and Bears. I don't think this is the end of the Detroit game. Uh, but I'm just glad we made it through it. Well, for this week, uh, we're going to give the Chiefs and the 49ers a little bit of this. I'm surprised the NFL can save money on Fetty this year. What? What was that? The NFL can save money on Fetty this year. That's true. Just drop right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you don't have to put gold in there. You can just drop red. Uh, um, Guffy, I think you know what I'm going to say now for the Lions and the Ravens. They get a little bit of this this week. I get it. Call me a hater all you want.
but the sound effects I mean, make it so much better. They probably deserve this one. Well, you know, that's that's how it all how it shook out. So we know for the Super Bowl, um, we're going to see Chiefs versus 49ers, a repeat of um, the Super Bowl from the year 2020. Now, Guffy, I want to throw this out there. Okay, are you ready? Are you ready for this? I love that sound. 2020 was a leap year. Presidential candidates were the same. It was election year. And Chiefs 49ers Super Bowl. What happened after that Super Bowl? COVID. What happened? Oh. You think we're doing another round of COVID? <laughs> no, I don't think I don't think so. Not if the 49ers win. If the right. Chiefs win, it's a possibility. So if right now, I mean, as much as we want to see all the love between Travis and, and Taylor, you know, on the big stage, we need the 49ers we wanna, to win. To save do we world. really want to witness that? We do. We do want to witness that. We want to see people think, happy and healthy in relationships. I think we see more people happy and healthy in relationships without that happening just because Valentine's Day will be right around the corner and you know that album is going to be fire. Guffy, you're being watched. Guffy, you're being watched right now. I'm just saying, I'm looking out for all the relationships and gifting coming around the Valentine's Day. Listen, regardless, they told each other they loved each other after that game. It was a beautiful moment. Um, so, with that being said, I, I do have to ask this question. Are Do you guys, and I mean, I know how I stand on this, but do you guys, are do you even care that they show her at games? Are you guys even, like, does that bother anybody here? It doesn't bother me, but I mean, we all get it. She's not going to miss a game going forward. Yeah, I mean i i don't I don't think for me at least I don't really care that like they show her. I mean, she is like the biggest like pop star in the world right now. I don't think there's a bigger pop star than her. And like, I mean, I think like if you look back at if if a pop star in the 90s or 2000s, whatever, would have been dating a major NFL player, we probably still would have seen the cameras pan to that person because they would understand, oh, we have the biggest pop star, the biggest celebrity in the world right now. Like, we're going to show them. So, I, I don't know. I, I think that, I think this has all been kind of blown out of report. I don't, I don't like the people who are just like, I'm not watching the Super Bowl because they're going to show Taylor Swift six times. Like, they're going to watch the Super Bowl. Like, let's be honest. You're going to still watch the game. And the Lakers have been doing this for decades. Yeah. When you think about it, that, that's, that's part of the Lakers brand was to, I mean, Jerry Buss, Dr. Buss, was, his deal was, let's get as many celebrities here, let's pan the cameras on them. I mean, Jack Nicholson probably be the most famous of all the Lakers fans, but a lot of celebrities go at the Lakers games. So, I mean, this isn't anything new. You look at the numbers behind it, you know, congratulations to the NFL and the Chiefs. Uh, who wouldn't want one of the biggest well-known figures in pop culture to wear your brand and your and wear your merchandise? Because she's there wearing Chiefs stuff. She's Chiefs gear all the time. So, I mean, I, you know, good for them. I mean, it's generating a lot of revenue. It's generating a lot of interest. Yeah. And... Not, it's, it's happened a lot in the past too. So, I mean, like this is the first time this has ever happened. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. And also, I mean, you got to think Kyle uh, Kyle Juszczyk, his wife just got a deal with the NFL for the uh, jackets and stuff she's making. They just brought her in to do some more of their fashion line work that she's been creating because of Taylor wearing the jacket um, uh, in the real cold game that Kansas City have had against Miami. Um, so even Kyle Juszczyk, who he's going to be facing um, the the Chiefs, his wife like had a five hundred thousand plus Instagram follower boost just because of Taylor wearing a jacket. And again, I get it, you know, it is a football game, and that's what people tune in for is a football game. But for the Super Bowl, most people, if you unless you're a Chiefs or a 49ers fan, you're you're tuned in because you're going to watch the game anyway. A lot of times, people tune in just to watch the commercials. 
I mean, so I don't know. I, I think uh, I think if I can steal Guffy's soapbox for a minute, um, I, I definitely. All means, yeah. I just feel like I feel like one if like if I was the father of like girls and they were interested in watching football, especially because you know, like you know, at, at some point we've all grown to a point where we don't spend a lot of times with our families anymore, and you get to a point in your in your life where you stop wanting to be around mom and dad all the time. But like when you get a little bit older. And that's the case. And, like, I feel for dads, like, sometimes on Sundays, your daughter doesn't want to sit there and watch football with you. But if she's willing to do that, like, I would take that every chance I get just to be around my kids and have them interested in something I'm interested in. So, I mean, I I feel like this has just been absolutely blown out of proportion. I have two fur daughters is what I'm supposed to say real quick. Um, But they watch football anyway with me because they just sleep there. But, I mean, for me at least, I I feel like this, this is just so stupid that people are making such a big deal out of not wanting to watch the Super Bowl because Taylor Swift's going to be there. Like, honestly, Guffy, I, I'm not going to steal your F word, I promise, but... Uh, I know. No, you can have it. This I was planning, actually, to let you guys go on y'all's rant this week and me just kind of chill for one. Okay. Well, so this is all you guys. For, I'm, for still not gonna, I'm still not going to steal your F word. I can just give you... Uh, one and possibly a half for another episode, so we don't get the expletive rating. But like, grow up, grow up. If you're gonna, if you're gonna like be angry about people or somebody watching their significant other play the football game, and 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 because somebody puts the the you on camera, like the game is three hours long, y'all, and she's on for like fifty five seconds at most, like total throughout the entire game. And if Travis doesn't have a good game. She's not on as much. So, I mean, yeah, when he breaks Jerry Rice's record for most catches in a postseason and all the stuff that he did and he had a hell of a game, like, get over it, people. She's going to be on the TV. If you don't like it, just grow up. You're going to watch the game anyway, so shut up. But I am sincerely hoping that my 49ers are the reason for the teardrops on her guitar. I got one. That Cody, you know what? You know what? I it's not even a rim shot. It's nothing. That was just that deserves this real quick. I'm proud of you for that. That was I good. did my homework and did some research. Cody said, I know good who job, Taylor man. Swift is now. I've I know who my she God. is. I Googled her. That's what he said. Well, exactly what he said. I'm proud of him for doing it. Um so yeah, we'll get off we'll get off the soapbox. Uh so so we can uh, move on to our topics that I know we want to chat with. I sent you guys five things that I really loved about the Royal Rumble um, as we yeah. switch gears into it. We'll have time to protect Super Bowl stuff like that. Uh, obviously, next week week's show, because this week we just have the Pro Bowl, and um, we're not going to harp on the Pro Bowl. Uh, it's, it's literally just a glorified skills competition at this time, which is fine. That's fantastic. I think it's probably more entertaining than watching guys not want to tackle each other to watch them play flag football. Um, actually, it's probably more entertaining to watch them play flag football and then do the old skills challenges that I think we all remember uh, from being kids and watching the Pro Bowl. Um, um, but yeah, so I think the I think the flag football game is much more entertaining um, than uh, actually watching them oh, yeah. not tackle each other in a game where they should be tackling each other. So it's pretty much the same concept, but a little bit more... Uh- we're putting the rest of the world on notice for the Olympics. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We've been doing this for years. Yeah, I just, I just can't wait for the, for the human, the, the, the country that thinks they have somebody that can line up against Justin Jefferson on one side and Stefan Diggs on the other. That's, that's the real like. Who do you think you have, or Tyreek Hill in the slot with? Stefan Diggs and Justin Jefferson, who do you have in your country that will be able to line up against them is the real question that I think we'll ask and we'll ask later on this year because we will have the Olympics this year. It's in Paris this year. We'll chat about the Olympics as they come around. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the Royal Rumble. Um, the uh, the big thing I told you guys, uh, I think uh, my biggest takeaway, the thing that I loved the most, obviously, was... Um, both segments that featured our truth. So I think that was the greatest thing that happened at the rumble. Um, I, I, for those of you who didn't watch the rumble, uh, Bailey won the women's champion or the women's Royal rumble. Roman reigns prevailed as the, uh, winner of the fatal four way. 
the Intercontinental Champ, or excuse me, the United States Championship ended in a d- uh, disqualification against Kevin Owens, which made sure that Logan Paul retained, and then Cody Rhodes um, ended up winning the Men's Royal Rumble back to back, first back to back since Stone Cold did it in the early two thousands. Um, Guffy, overall impressions of the Royal Rumble? I actually enjoyed the match uh, throughout its entirety. Uh, I noticed I fell asleep live, but I did go back and watch it. Uh, I don't believe that it was a phenomenal best ever Royal Rumble, but it was satisfactory. I think it accomplished everything we needed it to, except for MJF coming back. But, you know, we don't know what his non-compete looks like, if there is one, because, you know, Tony Khan's notorious for not having one. That's true. Cody Jay o- did look great. Jay did look great. You you did call that one. You did say that that'd be something you'd look for. Um, Cody, overall thoughts? Uh, like I, I think we talked about earlier, I was probably more impressed by the women's Royal Rumble. I think they just had a little bit more. Some more. I think it just flowed a little better than the uh, the men's. I mean, the men's had some moments that, like, I mean, obviously, I liked Steiner going in there. I thought that was uh, he had a pretty good outing. Um, kind of went the way I thought it would, though. I mean, I think we all kind of thought Hodes and, and Punk would be the last two in there. Uh, fortunately, for, you know, CM Punk, I think, kind of derails a little bit of long-term plans. You know, having an injury, but uh, definitely knew that was going to happen with Roman. You know, you have him retain the title. So I think that's the, the story with him and Rhodes are still the better story you have going forward. Uh, otherwise, kind of the same. You know, I wanted to see that MJF kind of pop out. Just so I, I, every single pick was right this week, but unfortunately, not quite. Well, yeah, and, and again, I think, you know, I think we all kind of maybe got ourselves hyped up. I think a lot of the fans got themselves hyped up about the possibility of him showing up at the Royal Rumble. Um, Women's Royal Rumble, I thought, I think Cody's right on that. Um, looking at that match, I thought it was... Phenomenal for Naomi to come out second and get the ovation. She always deserved that. She's one of the better athletes um, that you see um, uh, in in WWE, and I know she'd been gone for a little bit in TNA, um, but for her to come out and um, have that ovation she got, I know she's from the Orlando area, so for her to get that ovation in Tampa, probably have a lot of you know family there, and just an absolute phenomenal moment with her. Um, I thought... Uh, I thought seeing um, the uh, TNA Knockouts champion um, coming out, who is an absolute beast uh, of a of a woman, uh, just absolutely phenomenal. Um, did a had a great outing as well, and that's back to back years now. I believe that the TNA Knockouts champion has actually been in the match. We mentioned Jade Cargill; she looked absolutely amazing, um, eliminating Nia Jax as well to show like her talent and her. Uh, power that she has I think that made her look really strong um, and then last but not least the return of Liv Morgan I thought that was going to be somewhere Guffy went as well I, I figured he'd be fired up about the return of Liv Morgan we love Liv in this household okay <laughs> Liv does no wrong I don't That's care right. and, and the fact that she's dating in JF well let's not say that they're dating I mean they've just been caught up a few times and yeah. Were hanging out before she got arrested, which means now she has street cred. Yeah, true. <laughs> Conveniently, they're normally in the same spot, is what you're saying. There you go. They're both from Royal Rumble. I mean, who knows? He could have been there. He, he might have been there. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So uh, I thought the women's Royal Rumble had a lot of great surprises. Not to mention uh, the 24th entrant Valhalla, interrupted by our truth. Um, which was hilarious, sliding into the ring, looking around and saying, where are all the guys at? And then being thrown out. And then Adam Pierce telling him it's a women's Royal Rumble and him looking at him saying, so there's no guys in there. Are you sure? That was a great moment um, in TV history. If you did not get to witness that and you have not seen the national treasure that is our truth, you don't know what you're missing. Um, and you should definitely watch any interview that he does. Guffy normally sends us a, uh, a clip or two of anything that he does, and it's absolutely hilarious. So, um, did you guys see the podcast, the Busted Open podcast with Billy Ray? I've seen a lot of those clips. It's hilarious. Uh, Billy Ray asked him, he said, Our Truth, I got a serious question. I just need to ask you. And Our Truth popped back with, 
I'm married, Bubba. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hilarious. Our truth. He's the same person all the time. Yeah. Our truth, you're always welcome. Ron Killings, you're always welcome on the Talking Schmidt podcast. We'd love to have you. You probably wouldn't know why you were here, um, but that's okay. We would love the fact that you wouldn't know why you're here, and uh, we wouldn't understand why you'd even want to take time to talk to us, little peons, but we. Um, all of our truth he's doing fantastic stuff. The uh, Fatal 4 match went really well. I thought it ended very well. Um, obviously, I know Solo came out for a little bit in there and, and interfered for a minute and then took himself out. Um, but I thought uh, I thought the finish was good. Um, I thought um, throwing LA Knight into the ropes to hit AJ and then Roman being able to hit the spear... Uh, to win it all on AJ um, really sets up what Cody was talking about, the fact that you probably have on Friday, which we haven't seen yet, but we'll see uh, obviously later this week. More than likely, LA Knight come out to call out AJ Styles, and we more than likely will see those guys probably in an elimination chamber match or something of that nature. They'll they'll be involved uh, down in Australia, possibly build towards WrestleMania as well. Um Randy Orton, um, who knows exactly where his next steps will be. But, uh, again, great match. Uh, I know a lot of people hate on Roman Reigns. We'll talk a little bit about these title reigns, I think, here in a minute. Um, but I thought that was a pretty good match. Uh, and then I will honestly say uh, the Logan Paul-Kevin Owens match, the finish, um, just the camera shot of it being focused on the brass knuckles, to then zooming and focusing on the official's face when he realizes it. I think a lot of people hated the ending because it was like a DQ on Kevin Owens. That was one of the most beautifully shot endings to a match I had seen in a very long time. Credit Triple H. Oh, it was phenomenal. I think he's really employing the tween stage between the ruthless aggression and attitude era. Uh, that mesh weird face, that transitioned us into the publicly traded PT era. And it really shows a testament to TKO's like long-term viewpoint or I guess long-term scope of view and what they want to accomplish with everything too. Cause that was amazing. Yeah. Um, Cody, anything to add on the Logan Paul, Kevin Owens match? Well, I, I do think he legitimizes Logan a little bit more. Like a lot, like we said, going into it, I, he needed the, the competitor he needed a match. I think they kind of further, I don't want to necessarily say solidifies, but maybe takes away some of the heat from him. I thought, you know, Kevin Owens, he's one of the toughest guys in, you know, the, the brand. And to be able to hang with them and even take a, a soccer punch with brass knuckles from him, I think it does, you know, chill balls here. He's going to be here. And, uh, you know, it's, not as much of a gimmick anymore. Yeah, I agree. I, I thought it was a really good match, really great finish to that match. Um, those guys looked uh, really, really good out there. Uh, Men's Royal Rumble, I, I, I kind of say, like, I, I agree. Um, I know that obviously we've heard kind of the rumor mills that there was uh, some changes, obviously, that had to be made day of. Uh, there weren't really any, like, major returns or, you know, really big entrances. Um, again, I think one of the major, probably one of the biggest highlights was the fact that R-Truth came out and jumped up on the apron like it was a tag match after throwing J.D. McDonough in to get immediately eliminated. Um, but R-Truth... Not only that, he threw J.D. McDonough in and then asked for a tag to be tagged in to the Royal Rumble. Yeah, and then when he got the hot tag, he did the five moves of Doom, but he could not complete the five-knuckle shuffle. Uh, he learned that from his You're hero, like his John child. Cena. Like his childhood idol, yeah, John Cena. That's right. So, uh, again, a major highlight of that has a major highlight of uh, Raw has been our uh, truth. Anyway, um, so yeah, that was a great moment in there. Uh, again, I think we all kind of predicted uh, how the ending would be. Um, whether we picked Punk or Rhodes, we knew that those two would be the last two in there uh, for another year. Gunther was in the final four. Uh, Drew McIntyre, Sami Zayn, those guys were in those final five spots. I mean, it was just a really good um, performance. I feel how that match uh, ended. Uh, again, I felt like there was maybe some lull spots in there. I thought Braun Breaker did really great. Um, I told Cody, I thought they, I know that they said Pat McAfee didn't know he was actually an entrant in the Rumble. 
Um, but I do think that they probably should have had him at least try to do something against Omos um, for like a second, like be like, no, I'm going to do this. But instead he just jumped over the ropes and then jumped back in and then jumped over the ropes and then eliminated himself. So, um, yeah, I, I thought... I thought really, you know, your surprise was Braun Breaker, who had an absolute phenomenal, phenomenal outing in the uh, the Royal the Royal Rumble. There, uh, anything to add there, Guffy? Anything from the men's Royal Rumble that you wanted to add in? Uh, not really. I think that the CM Punk injury happened earlier on, and that's kind of why they had to go back and change it kind of day up, uh, or I guess moment of and. Which is because I really do think logically that our idea was the best idea, regardless of what any, how much slow stroking we're going to do a hunter here. Okay, uh, but overall, I, I like the Andrade return. Oh yeah, I forgot that is probably the best. I return, really yeah. like the Andrade return. Uh, that's one I did not expect at all. So kudos to making that comeback. I think it's only a matter of time when Charlotte did not make that transition over. Yeah. Uh, so I'm glad to see that back. That'll really throw that mid that middle of the cart up in the air a little bit. I'm excited to see that impending rivalry with Logan Paul for the U.S. title. You know, Andrade was a great U.S. champion. Correct. Yeah, I, I did forget about that. Andrade had a great performance. Um, he's only 5'9", That's crazy to think. So he is, uh, he looks massive right now. He looks absolutely just jacked completely out. So, um, not to mention, uh, we did talk about, like you said, I mean, obviously when Charlotte didn't make the jump, Andrade coming back makes sense. I will say this much, Guffy, heard some rumor mill today. We might see Aleister Black and Buddy Murphy return as well because, as we both know, Aleister Black is married to Zelina Vega, who has yet to make the jump over to AEW. And Buddy Murphy is in a relationship with Rhea Ripley, a long term, a long time relationship with her. So good possibility we might see those guys return as well in a pretty decent faction um, when they come back. But uh, not to speculate on that. But Cody, anything else you want to add on the men's Royal Rumble? Uh, not really. Um, I do think that Sami Zayn coming out does help out a lot especially with the, the punk injury and, you know, really having him and Matt Drew have uh, the outing and performance that they did have. Because, like, you know, you mentioned Seth's knee. You know, now that you have punk with the torn triceps, Seth's knee maybe not in the best shape either. At least for Raw, you're going to need some guys that can fill that sort of main event pool. But I, I think, again, like you said, Gunther, uh, his outing was good. I think you know, we will see him get that push into like the main event heavyweight division before too long. I think you have to. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, speaking of Gunther, he just hit, uh, I believe, today's 599 days as the Intercontinental Champion. Uh, Guffy, were you able to watch Raw? Are you caught up on everything? I did not watch for all yet, no. Okay, do you want me to spoil this for okay. you? Okay. Yeah, you can spoil that, dude. I'll, I'll he, catch up at some point. He has an absolute banger of a match with Kofi Kingston, by the way. It is a great matchup between he and Kofi for the Intercontinental Championship. He does retain uh, to make it to 599. Actually, when this episode drops, he'll be at 601. He is the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion of all time um, at the moment. Now, with that being said to kind of look at that and to keep it in there, really the only titles that have changed hands in really at least, I mean, a year has been obviously the Unified Tag Team Championships. We've seen those change hands a few times. Um, and the Women's Tag Team Championship continues to change hands every now and again. Uh, I know the Kabuki Warriors have them right now. Um, and then EO Sky won her title from Bianca Belair. However, Rhea has been holding that title for a long time. Um, we know that. Uh, we saw Logan Paul's had the U.S. Championship for a little bit. That's probably the other, like the most, I would say, out of main titles, if you will, because I know it's the mid card title. That's the one that's changed the most. Gunther, obviously, six hundred days. Seth Rollins has yet to lose the title since winning it, them creating it, and him winning it. Uh, and obviously, Roman Reigns has not lost that title in almost three years as they've made that. So, with that being said, 
I guess the question I pose is, are you guys fans of these long title runs, or would you like to have seen maybe some more changes throughout the time? And, Cody, I'll let you start there. I think the stories make sense. You know, so I think if you have a good storyline, if you're able to continue to develop around it, then go for it. Uh, so I I don't know if you have someone yet that you could have Gunther drop the, the IC belt to where you elevate them without harming any potential push for him moving forward. So I think that you, you have to keep that in mind also. When it comes to Seth's title, I mean, I really do. I, I'm more in the camp of thinking that you know that WrestleMania him and Punk that was that was the move to have those guys uh, battle for that belt because it just it, months before had Seth already called out CM Punk. He'd already kind of anticipated Punk was going to come over here, and so he'd already started developing that feud, developing that program. You know, I'd say probably a good six months even before you know anyone was really sure Punk would come back to WWE. And then with Roman, I think it has been a really well-put-together storyline. And it has developed a lot of guys in the process. I feel like I told you guys last week, you know, the, the story with him and Cody, I think, is really good for both men. And uh, for Cody, kind of gives you that, that, that feel like Rocky. You know, you get knocked down, but then you keep getting back up. And uh, everything about Cody Rhodes is almost like a walking-talking ad for the 80s. His dad, Hulk Hogan, uh, a lot of those those action figures of the past. And uh, Roman is that last great obstacle. So I, in the long run, I think it makes sense. And in the long run, it will be for the best. But, you know, it may not always be the case. Because guys do get injured, guys do have health issues, and you may have to turn around the titles a little bit sooner. So, I think it goes to, like, you know, Jordan's been saying, you know, Hunter's done a pretty good job of creating a product that is interesting. Guff, are you a fan of this? Do you like these long title runs? Have you had any issues with it uh, yourself when you're watching this? I mean, is there any times where you're just like, why are they doing this? Or have you been pretty on board with the guys who are on, or the, the people who are holding those titles, do you feel like it makes sense because there's really not anyone that can truly take it? Uh, I think a little mixture of both. As long as the story makes sense, uh, I'm all for it because I think at the end of the day, it's an adult testosterone driven soap opera at the end of the day. So as long as it's storyline driven, I'm all for it. So, I mean, I guess I really don't care so much as if the title reign is longer, uh, with that being said, just as, just so much that it makes sense to an overall scheme of things. Um, if it turns out that this whole Roman Reigns title run was just a crock of shit the whole time, I'm going to be very upset with it. Uh, but that's not to say that it matters. You know what I mean? So I guess I'm kind of in the middle with it. As long as it makes sense, I'm cool. Yeah. I, I've been, I, I think everybody that has the titles, again, I think. You know, if you were to have, you know, put that title on Randy Orton, you still have the ability to make a good storyline rolling into WrestleMania, like like Guff had mentioned. I think that is a good one. Cody brought up a good point of the possibility of, you know, Roman dropping to Cody at, um, obviously, our Cody talking about Cody Rhodes. Um, so Cody Rhodes beating Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Uh, but after a save by Randy Orton, which then sets you up for SummerSlam pretty perfectly of, well, you only have that title because of me. Um, you're only here because of me. Your own father didn't want you, um, didn't care about your success. I led you to legacy. I led you to greatness. Um, I, I think that storyline obviously writes itself. We know that. Um, so I, I do think so. I think, you know, there is there is chances and you have ability with Randy Orton to obviously have that storyline either way. But, yeah, I agree. I think that there are a lot of guys who are um, some top faces uh, who probably could have a title. But, again, I mean, if, you, if you're like, well, L.A. Knight needs a title. L.A. Knight doesn't really need a title to be um, in the main picture. He's in it now. He has been and hasn't held a title. Um I mean, he's been, he has literally since that pitch black match against Bray Wyatt, RIP. I mean, he's really blown onto the scene since he's left being Max Dupree and he's become, you know, 
back to being L.A. Knight. He's done a fantastic job. So, I mean, there's just so many guys who I think right now they don't really have to have a title to be relevant. I think this new style of I, – I think when we asked, like, who's our best heel, I think Drew McIntyre – uh, has proven right now that he may be the best heel on television for WWE, uh, especially after what he did to CM Punk um, on Monday. So yeah, I, I'm I'm a fan of the title runs. I, I think that they they make sense. Um, I just don't feel like right now there has been anybody that's like pulled away to say like yeah these guys don't deserve to have the titles or I mean obviously you know what woman other than Becky Lynch would you you know people and Bianca Belair, those are names that you're going to say uh, to be champion. Um, but Rhea Ripley is so, so dominating. There's not many people that can match with her. I think her and Nia Jax will have a decent match uh, at the Elimination Chamber because I'm sure that's what they're setting up for. Uh, but again, Rhea will win that. They're not going to make Rhea lose in Perth, Australia. Like, that's just not going to happen. Um, but yeah, I, I like the longer title reigns. Um, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of them, so... Um, final thoughts guys, and uh, we'll get on with this week and we'll come back next week with some, some more things to add. Uh, any final thoughts that you guys have before we end the show? Anybody? Uh, no, not really. For once, I think I've behaved myself very well. I like to commend myself and pat myself on the back like the month of Tampa. Next week's going <laughs> to be hell, huh? Say what? I said next week's going to be hell, huh? Depends on how the antidepressants kick in. If they kick in like this week, we should be cold. <laughs> gotcha. Cody, anything to add? So we, we don't have any other, like, drafts? No, I'm, I'm trying to do those once a month. Um, and so trying to, trying to expand it over a month. So this show would technically air. We're recording it at the end of January, but it'll re- begin in February. So I just figured we'd hold off on the draft. So, no, I'm sorry. I let you down. See, and this is where we were under the impression that we had four rounds of draft, but it was not communicated that we only had three. Yeah, our uh, our programming editor, what a douche. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna send a strongly worded email to human resources. You know you know what the you know what the uh, program editor gets this week, Guffy? Uh it. program editor. Interns fire is gone. I'm gonna send an email to Callie's email address. Let her know it's gonna be strongly worded. Okay. Awesome. Um, so with that being said, NXT Vengeance Day coming to Clarksville this Sunday. Yeah, right. See you up, there. Fired up. Extremely excited about that. Um wait, is it this coming Sunday? I thought it was like the ninth. No, it's it's this Sunday, the fourth. Oh wow. Okay. Cool. We'll Got see it. we'll see you there. Yeah, same face. Got it. Yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think it's the first major sporting, uh, first major WWE event or major wrestling brand, I should say, coming to Clarksville. I think it's the first time this has ever I happened. Mean, that's major, dude. I'm I'm just excited, you guys, and hopefully myself, if I do not forget, uh, get to a chance whoop that trick because not only have I been in the presence of booing Roger Goodell. I also get to yell "wolf that trick" in public and not get arrested. Mm-hmm. I'm all for it. And I found a spot for your f bomb. We did get to chant to one coach James Franklin as well. Yes, we did. Right. That did yeah, make ESPN. Fantastic. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the little things. Um, it's the little what things. I'm sorry. What, 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 what did we say to James Franklin? <clears throat> I believe we were roughly about eight rows behind the bench. And you can fact check me. You were there. Uh, we were roughly about eight rows behind the bench. There's some people we had no idea why we were talking to them or why that they were talking to us. And we, I started chanting, fuck you, Franklin. And next thing we know, everybody's chanting the fuck you, Franklin. And um, we have random Gatorade cups getting launched at us from the bench. Granted, Tennessee goes on to lose that game. However, <laughs> we did make an impact. There you go. There you go. Um, Guffy, you've used your F word for next week, too. I'm sorry. Uh, I was doing so good, too. I know. 
You you had <laughs> one trapped. and then you threw the second one in. Um, I got trapped. I'm so blaming Cody for this. We one. might we might get we might get the E rating uh, on this episode. Yes, it's okay. Yes, um, we'll open up the whole demographic. <laughs> I think it's the same demographic. I think we technically lose part of our demographic when we get the how E rating. Did I, how did I get trapped and pawned into that? I'm I'm so disappointed in myself. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, there's always next week. You should never accept this from me. Well, you know, hey, we're uh, we're happy that you're here. Uh, we're excited <laughs> for uh, another another episode to uh, come to an end. If you guys have questions that you would like to have our panel of experts answer for you, um, DM us. How about that? When we say experts, we mean that term loosely. Um, if you uh, if you want us to answer a question, doesn't have to be sports related. It could be life related. Uh, this could be uh, uh, if you guys remember. Delilah, it could be like that. You could ask us questions about anything. We'll give our best advice on it. Um, just oh, are you talking about that one radio show that used to be on one hundred seven five, the River, at like midnight on like Sundays? Yeah. Damn, I'm glad I'm not the only one who forget, who didn't forget about that. Yeah, it was I'm on mix. That wasn't like it. it was on mix ninety two nine for a while too. They would have her come in huh. and and. Read okay, my, my this one was a dude. This one was a dude. He would read emails and try to give life advice and talk oh. to like fourteen year old. Yeah, we're going through breakup. Doctor, what's his name? I remember who you're talking about. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I, I'm glad my brain didn't make that up. No, it didn't. It's a real thing. But okay. yeah. So if you have uh, you have questions about sports, life advice, whatever it is, uh, you can shoot us. Uh, you can DM us. You can if you're on uh, social media, you can find us at Schmitty Stories on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, on Facebook, we are at Talking Schmidt. Um, you can also email us at, uh, we'll just do Stories at gmail.com. A little bit easier that way. Everything's in one spot. And uh, the last but not least, a little, uh, little housekeeping here. We want to thank uh, Pixabee.com. I haven't said that in a while um, for our music, uh, the, the intro song that you hear, all the sound effects. We have that programmed in through my beautiful new Roadcaster that we have for the new year. And uh, that's about it. That, that's going to do it. Um, so for Jordan and Cody, I'm Ethan saying goodbye from Talking Schmidt. We hope that you join us again next week.